That record got me high. 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 Is that record got me high? Is that record got me high? Is proud to be sponsored by. Is this tomorrow? Is this tomorrow? Is this tomorrow? Is this tomorrow? Is an eight-panel web comic that is an eight-panel web comic that is an eight-panel web comic that get on up, get on up, stay on the scene. Like a sex machine. Get on up, get on up, stay on the scene. Like a lovin' machine. Is this tomorrow is an eight-panel webcomic that deserves your badass attention. Get on up to isthistomorrow.com for eight panels of supremely funky and righteous parody of the chaotic and perplexing daily trauma that constitutes life in right now motherfuckers, right now motherfuckers, right now motherfuckers. Right now, is this tomorrow.com? Is this tomorrow.com? Is this tomorrow.com? Also available on Facebook by searching is this tomorrow is this tomorrow is this tomorrow jam Do it, man. Uh, yes, let's do it. You talk. You do the intro. So I know. I know. You always say, "Are we rolling?" I'm going. (laughs) Are we rolling? (laughs) We are. We're rolling, man. All right. Welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we are here again. We'd like to uh, we'd like to thank all our patrons, people yes, who are patrons. We have some new dollar patrons who don't uh, who don't actually get shout outs, but we appreciate you. We really we appreciate you. We do. We think you. kindly of you, and we think kindly of you. And if and if you're a listener, if you're a regular listener of the show, you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash trgmh. And become a patron of the show for as little as as a dollar a month, yeah. And like, if I'm, you know, if my cat throws up in the morning and I'm yelling at the cat, and then I think, wow, you know, though, I shouldn't be so. I should be better in mood because I've I've got all of those patrons. 
right? Yeah, it, isn't it, no, that how it, it does. Is? Oh, it does. When we when I see a new patron, it just makes no matter how bad a day I'm having, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's right. So, and also, just a side note, if I you're, can't believe that you went with that so seriously after I said talked about the cat throwing up. <laughs> Good <laughs> job on the save there. Your cat, your cat does throw up a, a lot. Fucking cats throw up all the time. Um, yeah, they're but throwing if, up right now. If I called home, it'd be like I could put hold the phone up and it'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got two cats, so two, so that double the pleasure, double double the fun. Uh, All right, let's uh, enough of this nonsense. (laughs) We have a guest that we're almost ignoring. So, who is our guest tonight, Uh, Barry? Frank McCormick. Yes, welcome, Frank. Are you there? Hello. <laughs> or did you hang up already? Hey, he's like, oh, I'm, we're out. I'm, out of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath, and I'm looking forward to hopefully making uh, uh, Rob's uh, You've Been Written Off Forever list. No. <laughs> no, that won't. Uh, that, that comes about... Um, <laughs> Surprisingly, you and have usually, to, and usually it's right after the show. Me and Barry will look at each other and we're like, oh, uh, but but that's it's rare. I mean, yeah. hardly any. I don't. No. We've only had maybe one or two. I don't even know. I don't really think we've had any guests. That I don't we would think not we have. have. No. no, it's true. No, we I, see, well, I was I was I was looking for an opportunity to you know to go off on uh, you know how great Joni Mitchell and the LA Express were, or, <laughs> you know Boss Skaggs, right. you know the genius yeah. behind. Uh, boss gags, and I figured that would do it. Well, we, we we do often have guests going after other guests' choice of records. They that, do. that happens true. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, at um, you know, uh, the, uh, an unpopular choice amongst some of our friends, the that Steely Dan episode did really, really, really well. Right, right. And but we still have haters. people who we are like many haters. Yeah. Yeah. Jim McCrady. <laughs> Jim, believe, I know you're listening to this. Can't so. believe you guys did. Oh yeah, this will listen to. So, uh, <laughs> so Frank. By the way, where are you, Frank? Are you in uh, Tucson? I am in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Ah, but but Frank uh, played in a in the One Eyed Kings. That's how I know you played uh-huh. in the One Eyed Kings down here with with Barry's bandmate, Mr. Entertainment. Mr. Entertainment, Steve. Back that's in right. the day, in the nineties, I guess, right? Absolutely correct. We were we were, I think, to this day, still one of the least successful bands from South Florida ever. <laughs> Uh, you know, I gotta say, a lot of there's been a lot of water under the bridge, and we could probably find some uh, uh, incidences of far less successful less, groups. Yeah, that's probably that's true. That's true. Yes, the band I had with Death Death Metal Douglas and that other guy. Oh yeah, that's well, that was barely even a band. <laughs> it was. But you did help launch uh, Mr. Entertainment's career. Basically, the One Night Kings was his first band, so you have that uh, auspicious thing on your. Uh, that's true. I also <laughs> on I your also- resume. <laughs> Yeah, I also gave him his name. I'm the one who I'm the one who came up with Mr. Entertainment. So, okay. you, oh, you came up with <laughs> Did Mr. You really, oh. Barry, talk to him real quick. I forgot, we forgot our most oh, important thing. Our, our beers in so, the freezer, man. Talk the to beers, Frank. I'll be the right beers back. Beers are in the freezer. So, at a certain point, there's a popping sound and um, unhappiness. So, um, <laughs> you, what did you do? When did you leave South Florida and go to Tucson or go wherever you went? Uh, so I left South Florida in 94 I think and okay. went to DC and worked in DC for about a year and a half and hated it uh, oh, yeah. and, and, and and went out to visit a girlfriend who lived out in Tucson and fell in love with it immediately so right. that's how I ended up out here yeah it's supposed to be a great place yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. It was a, it was it was it was the days before Google Maps, so I got off on the wrong exit on the freeway. Yeah, uh, and and went in the wrong direction, like straight into Tucson Mountain Park, which is the, like the most beautiful yeah. section of the whole county. It was, yeah, it was, it was the middle of springtime, so it was kind of like uh, 
you know, it was kind of like seeing the love of your life in really good lighting. Yeah. So you knew it was sort of, <laughs> you know, it sort of hit you. a little bit. Yeah. This was, yeah. Uh, this is, this is going to be for you. All right. All right. So, yeah. so what are, we haven't even mentioned what uh, what Frank brought to the table tonight. So uh, Frank, tell us what what, did, what are tell we us, doing? What did you bring? Tell him what he's won, Johnny. <laughs> we're we are going to be doing the fabulous record by Naked Raygun called the Rob Rob Drop Drop. You know, like kind of like the inbred, you know, or the Faith Healers. It's the Rob. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right. Um. Uh, yeah. So, Naked Raygun. Now, uh, how did? Now, I was curious because usually, I mean, Naked Raygun. Obviously, people that are that are into punk music and everything, people know Naked Raygun. But they were definitely uh, Chicago. They were a Chicago band. So Midwest, and they were they were like kings in Chicago punk rock. But so, Frank, how how did they come across your your radar as being a, a Florida boy? Yeah. So the, the first time I heard him was on like um, uh, a you know a, a glorious mixtape, like a hardcore mixtape. Right. And I didn't know I didn't know who it was, but I loved the song. But there was no listings for any of the tracks. So uh, it wasn't until later on that I I, I purchased the uh, the Homestead Wailing Ultimate ah, top, yep, and right. I was like, that's that band. Yeah. You go. Right. Thank you, yeah. Gerard Cosway. Yeah. yeah. That was. That was I was an extraordinarily value-conscious young record consumer, oh, so sure. I only bought like compilations. That's like with the fascinating bla- names like "This Is Boston, Not LA" or you know, yes. Mystic Records Sampler Three or the Blasting <laughs> Concept on SST. Yeah, 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 that was. I remember IRS. Yeah, no, that, I had a great IRS uh, sampler. Uh-huh. Want to buy that. a bridge on Rough Trade? There was that was one of the greatest compilations ever. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that 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 Homestead compilation is still to this day like one of the best collections i mean i have to exercise a tremendous amount of self-control to continue to talk about naked Raygun and not start talking <laughs> about squirrel bait or yeah, yeah, yeah. right Kano sons or all the other amazing bands right. that were on that record right yeah. right well uh, there's some overlap i was listening to um the record on the way out here for a final time before the show and heard managed to pick out a couple of um crossover influences that will come up later in the show oh yeah absolutely yeah there are and then also there's the whole um there's the a big a big black uh, yeah connection. well there's that thing you there's know the there's like big um, black well because uh um santiago was in the first version of naked ray gun right and then did i don't know if he left to join big black or if he left and then steve albini got him to uh join big black but he uh he definitely, you know, there's um, an overlap there with, the, especially with the guitar right. sound. Um, that sort of chemically. And, oh and, yeah, yeah, definitely right. Um, yep. And 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 Jeff Pizzotti, the singer of Naked Reagan, was actually the first bass player. Right. In right. Big Black. Yeah, bass player in Big Black. Right. Right. He was. Oh, okay. And Steve. And uh, the funny thing about Steve Albini is he he he, he, he says some bad things. He can't help himself. He was a huge um, uh, Naked Reagan fan. And then uh, recently, did you see that quote? 2015. Like a really they did this quote. thing with, well, they Dave Grohl sort of, he would, was a Naked Ray Gun fan, and so I guess he did, they, he hyped them or they were on a show with him right. or something. But Steve, Steve Albini G- ended up saying, Naked Ray Gun now like, is, like, is like, well, he said this a couple years ago, but it's like seeing your old girlfriend who, re- who got really fat. Yeah, thanks, it's Steve. Like, what, what, a, yeah. what a dick, you know? 
I think and, 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 and yeah. honestly, I don't think any anybody really believes that Steve Albini knows what it's like to have a girlfriend. So, ah, good yeah, one. I, yeah, I think he has a. Unfortunately, I think that he does. I believe have a wife that he oh, dotes over. I like. Yeah. Well, good for him. He's still an asshole. She might be. You know, she might be a blind, <laughs> deaf, mute. That. Uh, <laughs> but you can. All right. So, but just aside from that, you can see why someone like Steve Albini and Dave Grohl would be a fan of these guys because the music is like is stripped down and brutal, but it's not dumb. Correct. Right, and that's a Correct. big that's that's a big selling point. There's is a that finesse it's not to dumb, it. Yeah, and the guitars, like you were saying, have that harsh industrial sound. But this is before exactly. all that, before all that's the industrial. Right. But it's yeah. got that metallic, yeah. harsh sound. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, like when I first heard Naked Raygun, that was one of the things that immediately, you know, just struck me about them is because I got I got into hardcore. You know, I got to the party late, right. being a little bit younger. And so by the time I started listening to hardcore, it was all these like, it was, you know, uh, Agnostic Front right. and the Cruel Mags and yep. Suicidal Tendencies and all these bands that were trying so hard to be badass. Right, you know? right. And, they, and it was just stupid. Yes. You know? And I, I could never really get into that. But, you know, yeah, it's like. No, me neither. I don't think time, Barry did either. Not, no, no, no. no. <laughs> when, you're, really. when you're listening to Naked Ray Gun, you get all that aggression, but you also know that the people behind it, actually have like a really wicked sense of humor yes, and they don't exactly. take themselves too seriously. Right. Yes. And also, and you just have Jeff uh, Pizzatti, his, his uh, delivery and his voice yeah. is just great. I always, who did they always remind you? You probably thought the uh, damned. I always thought of them as, oh, as an sure. yeah, sure. American version of the damned. Cause they have these good, clever songs, still heavy and they're punk. Obviously they went in with the punks, but they're not like, yeah, uh, just uh, like, just like um, a couple episodes ago, just like X, X right. They're yeah. not, they're not really hardcore in the way that we think of hardcore now because you think of when I think of hardcore of course I think of Black Flag but then you also think of exactly Suicidal Tendencies Cro-Mags and those bands that were sort of I hate to say one dimensional musically but it was pretty much a lot of it was and a lot of it's just like screamo a little too much a lot, a lot of screaming but to know which I have no problem with screaming as you know I I, I like screaming right. when it's <laughs> David comes to life by yeah, fucked up exactly but uh, but I, I really like uh, Jeff Jeff's voice and his uh, delivery and like I said it does another one of my favorite bands is the Damned and I always felt uh, an affinity towards that and I know from actually having met them and talked to Jeff uh, that he was a big Damned fan and a uh, Dave Vanian okay. fan yeah. all right um, the mysterious Dave Vanian yes <laughs> <laughs> are you a fan of the uh, Damned? Oh yeah, yeah no, right. and in fact, and I think it was it was only maybe like a couple of months before I bought the Naked Raygun record that uh, I, I used to go. I, I lived in West Palm, you know, like which was cultural wasteland. Yeah, but I had it still is. I had my, <laughs> I had my, uh, I had my uh, my my uh, musical life guru Charlie over at Peaches uh, that would always suggest records for me to buy, and I think like just a couple of months before I bought the Naked Raygun record. It hooked me up with uh, with uh, damn damn damned and uh, machine gun machine etiquette. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. yeah, you can't go wrong with that. With yeah, those. exactly. Yeah. 
That's great. All right, so let's get into this record here. Uh, this is, we're talking about Throb Throb, which was Homestead. Basically, their first, even it was recorded in 1983, but it wasn't actually, they weren't able to put it out until 85. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. 85 was when it came out, but it was recorded earlier. So definitely, yep. you listen to some stuff and you're thinking, oh, did, did they copy Ooh, it? But then you realize, no, yeah. if they did it in 83, some, some stuff that yeah. came a little later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was that whole thing was like a, apparently a big point of contention with the band because uh, uh, some of the band members ended up leaving because the record wasn't coming out. Fast. They wanted to go on tour, but because they, they didn't have a record, tour out, they didn't yeah. have anything to yeah. sell. So and, and two years is a long time for for a young up and coming band. Well, maybe like, it two was years reco- is an yeah, eternity. but it could have been recorded at the end of '83 and it came out in early '85. But it's still a long time. I, of course, I sure, because yeah, you're you're over it. You're you basically got new material, new songs, and and there's other bands around. Other bands coming that maybe saw you live and were influenced by you, and then there maybe they'll put out a record before you. You know, and people exactly. say, oh, these oh, guys are yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you also have to kind of think about like how much music you, ju- you know changed just in that that short period of time between True. like eighty three and eighty five. Yeah. Yep. Like the whole punk hardcore thing kind of like completely flipped over between eighty three and eighty five, almost to the point where like when Naked Raygun came out, uh, you know when Throb Throb came out, people almost didn't even consider them like a hardcore band anymore because they were too they were too weird. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which That's is, it, which is, is obviously, I have a feeling what we all love about this record, right, and love about them, right. is the, the the weirdness, the little weirdness that comes in, and and uh, definitely. But the first song uh, is a barn burner, and it's got their signature. A lot of their songs just open up with great guitar right. riffs. Yeah, and this is no uh, no different. So let's listen to the first song, Rat Patrol. Starts out right from the thing. So uh, good. I, I would I would put that as an opening track. I would put that up there with any opening track on any record ever. Okay. Like, I would I would put that up with with what's going on by Marvin Gaye or Bring the Ruckus <laughs> by the Wu Tang Clan. I mean, like that is it's great. One of the I, I mean, it's all great. time yeah. best openings. It's a, it, that's a, that's a, a statement of purpose. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like London Calling and opening get, track. Yeah, and you get that, and you just know, okay, this record. We're in. Yeah, this record. Yeah, yeah it's I'm on. In and yeah, it's on. Yeah. All right. So everybody remembers Rap Patrol, right? The TV yes. show, 60s TV show. Right, yes. Yeah, so Another is- cheesy, but it's like Hogan's Heroes, except it wasn't funny. They were <laughs> they were this, you know, rode around in a Jeep in the desert. Right. Yes. Low budget. Yeah, no, no. Kind of low budget, Low right? budge, yeah. yeah. No, no, no script at all, just stuff blowing up mostly. Basically, yeah, right. Some old Volkswagens that they found. Because it was all right. shot, I'm sure it was shot in L.A., Southern yeah. California, <laughs> just like everything. You're like, oh, there's those hills again, you know. Yeah. Um, 
So, so I, have a, I have a theory about that, which is a completely unsubstantiated theory that hopefully we can kind of clarify we're all about, later. We're all about uns- is, unsubstantiated theories. Oh, yeah. Not that record got me out. Those are called um, yeah. conspiracy so, theories. We love them. <laughs> yeah. So, so Rap Patrol first aired on ABC in 1966. And you know what was immediately opposite of Rap Patrol on NBC? What was that? The Monkees. Oh. <laughs> so... So if you if you think about like the sort of two halves of that <laughs> 60s zeitgeist, right? Yeah. On sure. one channel you you got the monkeys, and on the other channel you got Rap Patrol. Wow. And so a, a, a kind of political statement, you know, <laughs> against the against the uh, the, the monkeys, excesses, the excesses of, of hippies. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Oh, right. true. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Definitely. We gotta yeah, give something. Got, right. Gotta yeah. give something for the people who really hate hippies to watch. <laughs> yeah. These guys definitely <laughs> aren't a hippie band at no, all. There's, there's no know. hippiness in this. Uh, some great lines in this though. Got a nice pine box for that desert fox. Yeah. Machine guns blaring and Arabs staring, wondering why the Westerners are there. And then he says, "It's the same old story, and it never ends. It'll happen again." Yeah. So that. Uh, well, you know who right the desert. Ooh. Everybody knows who the desert fox is, right? That's Rommel. Rommel, Rommel was the yep. Hitler's um, general in uh, Africa, and uh, he was um, eventually he resigned. He wasn't. The story is he wasn't really a dyed-in-the-wool Nazi, and so um, uh, eventually he was a poser. He's a Nazi poser. <laughs> He's a very successful poser, but um, right. he, he he wasn't fully committed to the ideology. Yeah, we'll just say right. that no. he was more about the clothes and the cool, than the fashion. Yeah, cool, cool clothes and blowing shit up. Damn, I look good. Right. right, look at this leather coat. So this is this this song. It's kind of like a wartime story, but comic booky. Also, kind of comic oh, booky. Yeah. Which the record itself, like the the cover art and everything. Sure. Is, uh, like a I didn't look. I mean, panel. who designed that uh, cover? Does anybody know? It, it, anybody got yeah. their copy of the album? I I do have. I, I and I have a story about that too. Let's hear it. So, so Mike so Mike Sainz is the guy that designed the cover, right? Okay. And he does like you know computer graphics and stuff. Okay. But in addition uh, to designing this brilliant cover, which kind of holds the whole record together, yeah, he was he was also the developer of the very first interactive porn video game. Oh. oh. What was, was it called? Guy, he was the, it was called Mac Playmate. Oh, and, oh shit. I think I remember that. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was pornographic in a very, um, in a, in, a, in a sense that if you were willing to, um, use your imagination a lot, it was, you know, low, low res, Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah, it was it was full on eight bit, you know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> highly, but but you know the the whole point was like you were interacting with this avatar on the screen and having her use different sex toys to you know wow. to, to to put a smile on her face. But the best part about the the whole program was it had something written into it called a panic button. So you can somebody comes the in the panic. room. Yeah, it looks like Excel. Yeah. Yeah, it, it pulls up an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You seem to be so very like, to know a lot about this, yeah, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, anytime I see somebody on a spreadsheet, I'm immediately suspect. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. The, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably a smart thing. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. And then you, uh, it goes from right that into a song that was, this next one was written by the bass player. So of course it starts with the with bass. the bass, yeah, but right. it's actually a really uh, it's a great song too. So let's let's do a little bit of surf combat. Set my guard, hear my scream, 
sudden makes you want to kill. By this second song, you know this is not your your grandma's no. hardcore band it's at all. It's not. No. Yeah, it's uh, eclectic the, and clever, and the, and it's the attitude is different. Yes, there's yeah. a there's there's a wit at work, which yeah. you know, except for you know, you have DK's Jello was a witty character. Yes, but um, in general, they were like I think as you mentioned, they were all trying to be badass, and um, this definitely has a, a comic comic book sort of feel to it right um, right so yeah i mean there's all kinds of, uh, of of historically accurate references in the lyrics to the song i mean just like just just the couplet muscle beach is now pork chop hill right is, right it's Mus- just genius yeah you know and and it, and, it, and it connects to like this this knowledge of history and you know they're not, they're not fucking around these That's guys it. <laughs> yeah they've got some there's some actual deep um I hate to say, there's somebody with an education or at least curiosity <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, humor too. A lot of the humor, yeah, tongue sure. in cheek. Obviously, they're talking yes. about. Uh, it says napalm makes you uh, barbecuing babies sh- shish kebab bikinis. Napalm makes you vomit and it sizzles off your weenie. <laughs> Serve <Surf> combat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. I mean, they're, they're they're smart without being intellectual, which is exactly like, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's, which is like that, all of our friends, right? Yeah. Which also <laughs> you you go. These guys are from Chicago. So what? What beach culture are they? Are they once again? Is television sort of being? Is sort of the the uh, uh, the reference point here? Is uh, is it like um, you know things you like seeing TV shows about LA and surf and things that go on in movies? Um, I don't I don't I don't know, Barry. I think you're being wildly dismissive of the vibrant Lake Michigan surf culture. <laughs> you tell what, send some photos of that, would you? Can I? I don't. I have been to Chicago, and I do not recall anyone walking around with a surfboard. <laughs> All right, so now we get the third song. We get into a Pizzazzi song, and I feel like his. I feel like uh, Jeff's songs maybe are a little even even more clever, and maybe a little more thoughtful as far as the lyrically. Uh, I, I really, I feel like I'm drawn. Well, it's his, uh, to his fr- functionally. We should say. It's it's his band, right? He's the one member, it, constant, the member, constant member throughout, throughout all the years. All the years. Of, uh, yeah. So, of, uh, all right. So let's listen to a little bit of gear. What does this song remind you of? Like the the theme of it, thematically and everything. It remind me of 
tank by the Strangler. I was thinking, I knew exactly. <laughs> yes. I was exactly right because I was like, man, this is just like Stranglers. I was trying to think, what Strangler song is this like? Tank. It's like tank. I got, I got oh, gear I got, instead of saying I got my very own tank. tank. I got, I got gear. My, I, I got, got gear. I got, yeah. nuclear, I got nuclear weapons and uh, I'm going to use them. Yep. Isn't that great? It's yeah. fantastic. So, uh, this, this, this song is one of the best songs on record. It's it, it, and, and this also highlights like what I think is like the secret weapon of this band, which is uh, the drummer, Jim Kaleo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's great. He's yeah. great. Freaking genius. Like, like you know, anybody can be in a punk band. And that was a great thing about, a punk, you know, playing punk music. Right. But if you, if you want to be a really, a really great punk band. Yeah. We all know the really answer. A great drummer. Yeah, we, you know? that's, that is. <laughs> right. We've talked about that many, many times. Minutemen without George Hurley. Yeah. You know, come yeah. on. Not happening. Yeah, or the, or the Clash without Topper Heaton. You yeah, know, exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or or you know Ray Washam and the Big Boys. I mean, like these guys who don't just do like the straight ahead, you know, four four times. Yep. Yep. That's that. Is, that's, tell, that's, of, that's it. You know, crazy. Because there's a lot of there. there's a lot of great records that ruined by a shitty drummer. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that true, gr- like, that, make- like that great Soul Asylum record, Hang Time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every since we done he that, knew. I, I like saw his face. He knew I was gonna. We can't. You guys, you guys are still working through that trauma, huh? We are, well, Barry is. I'm clearly Barry. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I'm yeah. over it. I always need the, the other thing I wanted to fun. mention too is it, I didn't mention this earlier was was also like John Haggerty as a guitar player. Yes. Oh yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Like. like Everything from that intro to Rap Patrol that we already heard, you know, to his, his playing on this song, it's like, you know, you hear uh, the influences of like, uh, like Stiff Little Fingers is obviously huge. Yes. For this band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we get, yeah. You know, but he definitely, all right, so he was in the band, it, it probably in their, arguably their best period, like 83 to 89. And then later, Peg Boy, he founded the band Peg right. Boy, which is another great yeah. band. So yeah, he's he's definitely the real deal. So yeah, these are these are all like really great players, uh, great songwriters. All right, so we got one, two, three songs, basically military wartime things. So you're right. thinking, and the band is called Naked Raygun, which there was they said that he claims or Jeff Pizzotti said that he didn't wasn't specifically referencing um, Ronald Reagan, but it's. Considering the era, it's kind of hard to get away from the um, that association. Right. Yeah, yeah. Every, every time, every time I hear like you know all these Marshall type of songs that they do, I, you keep talking about like the comic book influence. Yeah, I keep thinking of there was a there was the the heavy metal comic book that was out in the eighties. Yes, oh, of course, right. sure. Had, had like had like this strip called Ranzarox, which was like this cyborg that looked like reagan but <laughs> <laughs> went around like ripping people's heads off and nice yeah <laughs> like, okay like to me to me that's like the the, the I, I, i'm pretty sure that there's some kind of uh, connection there just you know uh, uh aesthetically right all <laughs> right but so at this point the, like i said first three songs were so you would think if, if they kept doing it it might get to be a little much and stuff but then Let's now the album sure. is going to shift gears and we get to the fourth song which is Metastasize and this is or a metastasis. Uh, metast- you got an extra few metastasis, metastasis, but he's isn't it supposed to be metastasis? Well, I don't know. Who knows? Let's listen to it a little bit. <laughs>
yeah, it's metatastic. That's what was confusing me, because yeah. the song is called metastasis, but he says metastasis. Because yeah. they, they refer to the same thing. It's when something in your body um, goes haywire and starts growing on its own. So when a cancer has meta- metastasized, it, it, that means it starts spreading through the body into the different organs. Right. And right. so a fetus is kind of works the same way. It's cells in the body that start growing and grow this other thing, you know? Right. And, all right, who does he sound like when he's singing this song? You know, who do you remind you of? They remind me of a... The 20 questions. Mission of Burma. Uh, yeah, They're right, yeah. Of, yeah. Totally Burma. Burmas. And I yeah. hear that in a lot of other stuff, too. I, I think Burma's... Yeah. yeah. I think the Boston-Chicago... And, that, and also yeah, that... They, they actually... Yeah, they, they, they did, I think, a tour with Mission of Burma. Uh, I think a couple of different times. So yeah, that, that's def- definitely an influence in the guitar sound too. And the yeah. guitar sound, and also uh, that Marshall drumming style, which we were Peter talking Prescott. to Mr. Peter Prescott about. Right. Yeah, that a drum that don't swing, but it does something different. Yeah, that's very, right, uh, Marshall. And uh, also, uh, yeah, the uh, the Haggerty uh, does a, a guitar solo, a great uh, guitar yeah, solo. Yeah, yeah, great too, song, which really cool is, song. Uh, which he is great at that. All right, so let's uh, let's take a little break right now, and I think we may have a special caller coming in. I heard we you uh, uh, yeah. heard you shouting uh, during the yeah. song, so let's <laughs> yeah. take a little break, and we'll be back in a minute with uh, that record got me high. We're here talking to Frank McCormick, and we'll be back in a minute. That record got me. Higher is that. Record got me. Higher is that. Record got me. Higher is proud to be sponsored by. Is this. Tomorrow is this. Tomorrow is this. Tomorrow is this. Tomorrow is an 8-panel webcomic that is an 8-panel webcomic that is an 8-panel webcomic that. Get on up. Get on up. Stay on the scene like a sex machine. Get on up. Get on up. Stay on the scene like a laughing machine. Is this tomorrow is an 8-panel webcomic that deserves your better attention. Get on up to is this tomorrow.com for 8 panels of supremely funky and richtig parody of the chaotic and perplexing daily trommel that constitutes life in right now motherfuckers right. Now motherfuckers right now motherfuckers right now. Is this tomorrow.com is this tomorrow.com is this tomorrow.com. Also available on Facebook by Searching is this. Tomorrow is this. Tomorrow is this. Tomorrow. Gem. Um. It's all of mine. Dying went by on this God creation. I knew someday I would rock the nation. So I made up my mind just what to do. And I jumped with the gem on production crew. So go crazy. Go crazy. Don't let your body be lazy. I said don't stop the body rock till your eyesight starts to get hazy. Okay, well, that's all, right. all right then. We're that's good. good. You know, we have, we have to work with uh, what we're given. Um, all right, <laughs> yeah, so we we, yeah. uh, we confront that every day. Are we rolling, Barry? Hell yes! Come all right, on. we're rolling. We're back with hell yeah. That record got me high. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. We're talking to our special guest uh, Frank McCormick about the awesome uh, Naked Raygun and their album Throb Throb. And who just called us in, Mister Jeff? Pizzotti himself. How you doing, Jeff? Welcome to the show. Doing really good, thanks. Oh, so this is. This is I just want to say really quick that this is just brilliant. This is one of my like lifelong goals to have that you know like that Marshall McEwen moment from like Annie <laughs> Hall, where you can pull pull the guy out of behind the column and call bullshit on bullshit on everything you've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like this is. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. You believe me. We uh, there's a lot of bullshit to climb through. I'm sure. Um, so, Jeff, welcome to the show. Where, <laughs> where are you calling from, Jeff? Where, where are you? I'm at about two hours west of Chicago in a little town called Amboy, is where I live now. Oh, okay, nice. Um, is there any did, relation? Did, did, they, did they save Ted Nugent's old yeah, house? Yeah, that's right. No, but <laughs> the, 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 the county seat's called Dixon. It's a, the boyhood home of Ronald Reagan. Oh, well, uh, what do you know? Uh, if I'm not your character, yes. <laughs> all right, all right, Jeff, uh, before we get in talking too much about this and everything, I, I, I was in, in the 80s, uh, like in the mid-80s, like 85, 86, I was in a band up in Boston, and we played, we were called Inside Outburst, and we did two shows, like two years in a row, we did a show at... Uh, T.T. the Bears, a place called T.T. the Bears. It was Naked Ray Gun, Lemonheads, and my uh, shitty band, uh, Inside Outburst. Do, do you remember those shows at all, T.T. the Bears with uh, Lemonheads and uh, well. Naked Ray Gun? I remember them very well, yeah. Awesome. awesome. That was great. Yeah, because I met because that's where actually we were talking about the damned and Davanian. Because I had just I think I just seen the damned like maybe a couple weeks before that, and that was when Captain Sensible had left for a while, and they were doing more of their like a gothy type thing, and uh, <laughs> and we were talking about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was wow. That's yeah. That's great. So, so that's, is Amboy? I just gotta for our listeners. I'm sure they're curious. Amboy is is that the referenced? Is the Amboy Dukes what is being referenced? Is that uh, the same thing? Or no, just coincidence, coincidence. That's good. Yeah, we don't want to give Ted any sort of additional, um, any sort of publicity. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Ted is definitely, if, if if Ted called into our show, we would not answer the no, phone, no, I don't no. think. Hang up on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Jeff, what's going on? I saw, I was checking out the website and I saw uh, 2016 was probably the last uh, that you guys actually did some shows. Uh, was that probably uh, 2016? Actually, we just did a show a couple months ago in, in a suburb of Chicago called Tinley Park. We oh, really? That's called 350 Fest, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Before that, before that we played uh, New Year's at the club in Lombard, Illinois called uh, Brower House, really great place to see bands. Awesome. So you're still so you're still doing it. You're still doing it. Just just staying close to home. Yeah, staying close to home. We got a new album coming. Actually, that's really good. A oh, new right. Naked Raygun album. Yeah, it's really good too. Oh, that's awesome. When uh, when is this gonna see the light of day? It's gonna be gonna be on March on Frontier Records. Oh, oh excellent. That's awesome. Look at the nice. scoop. Look at this. That record got me eyes <laughs> scoop. We had. Wait, Frontier <laughs> Records, man. That that rings a bell. Yep. That sounds very good. Yes, the, it's the, the first, uh, the Suicidal Tendencies record came out on Frontier back in the 80s. Remember that? All right. <laughs> well, we were just. We already ripped that. them during yeah, the we show. we were making fun of them. Pick somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking, Jeff, we were talking about how one of the things we were all drawn to uh, Naked Raygun was that you guys were, were lumped in with these punk bands, but you were so much more than just like a regular hardcore punk band. You weren't really yeah, that, you know? Right. And we decided uh, a lot of it was just the that the songs weren't stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was, you could tell there yeah, was, yeah. yeah, there was some intelligence going on back there. And, and that, that makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Or, or more specifically, they were stupid in a really, really genius way. Well, yeah, that's that's also that's another strategy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, like kind of, yeah, me and Barry have been accused of that, too. No, well. no, we the other thing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. We're just stupid is what they say. So, so and, Jeff, Barry, do you want to do you want to do you want to check with them to see if uh, did, did Jeff consult an oncologist when he was doing the spelling of well, we were talking about we just talked about the song metastasis. And it's metastasis is the is the um, the thing that happens, and metastasize is the verb. It has metastasize, right? Uh, I didn't write that song. I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's because oh, that, that yeah, stupid yeah, bass. The yeah. stupid bass player wrote right. that song. We got, oh, forget that. Right. Who cares? Swing and a miss. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Our uh, bass player at the time, Camilo, Camilo Gonzalez, wrote that song. Yes, bass player at the time. Yeah, no. and uh, he's, he's kind of he writes some silly lyrics. He does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he does. And he he wrote he wrote he wrote Surf Combat when he was when he was in the Way Outs too, right? Right, that's correct. When Camilo came to practice to, to write Metastasis, he played this. He grabbed the bass or guitar or something. He played. I mean, sounded like absolute shit. And Santiago said, "Do you mean like this?" And then he played Metastasis. <laughs> right. So Santiago saved his ass on that one. Very good. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so we're going. Jeff, if it's okay, we're like going through the records. So we're up to uh, we're up to a song that you wrote, Leeches. So which to me, all right. Let's well, first let's listen. We're going to listen to a little bit of Leeches, and then we're going to talk about it. So here's a little bit of Leeches. So, so Jeff, let me ask you: Is this is this kind of because it sounds like you're doing like kind of stream of consciousness scatting on this song? Is is that kind of like what you were doing, or did you have more more of like a form laid out? What you were saying? I usually sing like about the same thing, varied a little bit time to time, but really it's my tribute to the birthday party. I was really having a ah, birthday party, okay. yeah, and uh, and uh, Nick Cave and all that, but. Right. I, I really like that kind of style of music, so I managed to stick one song on every record like that. Okay, I wanted to have a. I had a you know, question. One jazzy, one, one very jazzy, noisy song on every record. <laughs> okay, right. I, yeah. yeah. But I, I see the birthday party thing, um, especially during the chorus. But during the verse, it reminds me of um, King Crimson. Of um, the bass line is like something of a King Crimson song. Does that sound? Do you guys listen to them at all? I, I've heard. The, I've listened to them. Okay, so that's <laughs> so it's not bad. It's just a, Jeff is that, well, thanks for playing. No, yeah, uh, Jeff is that he's going on record as saying he owns no King Crimson. Yeah, that's records. right. So, well, it just sounded like, <laughs> it sounded like, it sounded like make it a dead one. Like make it, make it a dead one. Um, I was thinking so one one of the things. 
One of the things I wanted to say about this song is that I think it it just like typifies everything I really love about this band, which is the fact that like they can rock without rocking out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. Sure. And what I mean by that, it's it's like you know like back in the time when all of these like hardcore bands, you know, like SSD and COC, and they were all like going metal. Yep. And 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 there was never there was never a period where like. Naked Reagan ever tried to go metal, oh, okay. <laughs> and, sure. and, no, and I think that that's that's genius, right? And, and, and I and I attribute this. And here comes another one of my long-winded diatribes, right, of, uh, <laughs> about social theory that you can blast out of the water. But I put it down to like being from Chicago, right? Uh, okay. And so so you can you can call bullshit on this, but like I, I think that there's a a, a direct correlation between how much a city is credited with developing its own kind of unique musical style and its ability to recognize when it's become an irrelevant joke. So, <laughs> All right. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll call it, we'll, we'll call it for lack of a better term, we'll call it the Jimmy Buffett syndrome. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> right? So like, like if you're, if you're, cre- if you're credited with, you know, like in Chicago, Right. And all these like, you know, white blues bands and then later white rock bands, aping blues bands, you know, are strongly associated with the city and the the venerated history of the city. That's right. right? It just makes for like piles and piles and piles of really shitty music. (laughs) Most of which is forgotten. Right. You're right. There's a certain amount of things that do make the cut. But of course, there's like. Every, everything that was played on the loop between like 1978 and 1982, you know, right. But, uh, but, but, and this happens, I think with like a lot of places where they just become, you know, like a lot of cities, uh, that, that become associated with like, you know, what's groovy, like either Seattle or Athens or or anything. Yeah. They, 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 they get locked into this, this correct way of playing. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that's one of the things that I think was, you know, great about the band being from Chicago is that they were clearly saying, you know what, we're never going to do that bullshit. Mm. <laughs> like we're, we're never, we're never going to fall into a formula or a style, you know, that's, that, that's, that's, that's a, a correct way of doing shit. Right. Okay. That's a very shitty song is to fall into a style. Niche. A certain, certain type of niche. Yes. Right. Exactly. Now, I have one other question about this song. David Yao, I know, uh, all right, obviously he's from uh, Texas, but he moved to Chicago and formed um, Jesus Lizard. This sounds like David Yao heard heard this. I feel like David Yao be, heard yeah. this song and did because it, uh, what, what you're seeing, I'm going, wow, he sounds like David Yao. But then I realized the timeline, no, 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 this came before uh, right. that. Right, but he was David Yao like could that. also be listening to the birthday party as well, which I, now that you I, yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, maybe that, yeah, but yeah, I, I true, definitely hear true. that. Yeah, I definitely hear that in Good there. Point. So, uh, um, Good point. Yeah, but it, it's awesome. Like we said, it's all awesome because it's like, yeah, it's like jazzy. It's like there's jazzy chord shit going on. It's sounds like you're scatting and it's, and it's genius. And I'm going to play a Sailor's Tale by King Crimson up underneath here with the same exact bass line. <laughs> 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 yes. Barry, uh, yeah, Barry, Barry likes his Crimson. Um, all right, so let's get to the next song. Uh, this song, this is another awesome song um, that uh, that uh, also I'm I'm not sure what it's about, but I know I love it. It's called Roller Queen.
So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to ask you, Jeff, uh, what are you going on about on this? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a big idea. I wrote some song about roller derby, you know, and this is what oh, yeah. I came up with. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there was, but there wasn't a specific like roller derby uh, uh, person you were writing about. Was it more just about uh, in general, just wanting to write Just a song? in general, yeah. Yeah. Just okay. General, I, yeah. I was wondering yeah. that. And uh, so that. That first that first hardcore mixtape that I told you about that had the naked ray gun song on it that, that wasn't credited right. and didn't have anything on it. This was the song that was on there. And <laughs> I could have right. and, and and for years I swore that the name of this song was Cheeseback. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So it was, oh, man. it was the Cheeseback song. That's great. Right. Well That's and great. for people in Florida Roller derby might be a little bit of a mystery because it's more of a Midwestern, maybe Northeastern phenomena. Right. But we didn't have, I mean, roller derby, maybe it was on TV occasionally, but it was not something where people paid a lot of attention to it. And uh, Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I got a friend who's a... It's always, it's, it's always women, right? Uh, it, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, no, oh, yeah, nobody oh, wants to right. see men do that shit, or maybe they do. I have a, I have a friend Frank in Chicago. Mike. Frank Mike. Yeah, I have a friend in Chicago who was a, a, a roller derby referee. Oh, and, nice. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. In Chuck Chicago, King. right? Yeah, Chuck <laughs> King. Shout out to Chuck King, roller derby ref. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and Mike, go ahead. My, my cousin, my cousin Jennifer in Orlando is actually a member of the All Star roller derby team in Orlando. So she's a local nice. legend. Oh, nice. Maybe they could. I used to watch roller derby on TV and. I used to watch roller derby on TV and wonder what the hell are the rules? Yeah, there's no, no rules. I know, right? Yeah. yeah, very, very fluid, very fluid situation. Yeah, uh, but I still when when I when I uh, lived in New York, I used to watch it and I, I used to love watching it. Yeah, the same thing. I didn't know what the fuck I was yeah, watching, yeah. but I knew this is awesome. I would see it. I would go visit my dad in Illinois and during the during the summer, and um, and yeah, it would be on TV, and I'd be like. All right, well, we don't have this in Florida. And this, you know, we're obviously missing out. Because I think, yeah. weren't they, didn't they smoke as they were like, weren't they smoking and shit too when they were on the world? <laughs> Probably. Well, you know, at different times. It was different times. It's a, it's a sexy, it's a sexy, sexy sport. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. it is. Um, all right, so let's we're moving through this sexy record. Uh, so what was the oh, before we go before we go to the next before we go to the next song though? Right. I, I, I want to talk really quick though about Ian Burgess, who is not credited as a, as as a producer on this record, but apparently he was the engineer. Uh, yes, he was, and and I guess he did contribute. Um, but like, you can really tell, uh, you know, the, the, the sound that he gets the, you know, the guitar sounds and the, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the background vocal sounds and everything. I mean, like Ian Burgess, I think just deserves a ton of credit. And if you listen to like the other stuff that he produced later on, like the cows and the digits and Jawbox, Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Just, he is, he is so un, uh, he is so, he is so underrepresented and unsung. Like he deserves way more credit. Uh, than than he gets for yeah, you know right for, exactly right well yeah well he, 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 
You got John Haggerty's guitar sound that he's gigantic on record, you know? He captured it. It is. Yeah, yeah he manages yeah. to make it like, it's, it's like harsh, but not uncomfortably harsh. Right. It's still got, yeah, you can, it's still musical, very musical. And, uh, and I also love, like I was, before you were on, Jeff, I was talking about one thing that drew me to the band was just your voice, uh, the way you sang, your delivery, but I'm sure it's how it's recorded too. It's just got a little, it's, it, it, it didn't sound like all the other hardcore bands of the time. And what, another thing we talked about, uh, um, Jeff, was that it seems like there was a gap between the recording and the, when the record came out, and that was a point of some frustration. How, how long a gap was there? I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, I told, well, I said it was eighty three. Um, I said recorded originally recorded in eighty three, but it didn't actually come out in Homestead till eighty five. So does, does that sound quite possible, about yeah. right? Yeah, quite possible. Once I got out, we got it, we got on a roll. We got them out regularly then. Pretty right, pretty right. Um, all right. So what was the thinking in doing a song, a twenty eight second song, uh, <laughs> <laughs> backwards on the record? Was it just because the bass player wrote it? So he said, uh, yeah. Fuck it, we're gonna uh, we're gonna well, do it Camille, backwards. Well, Camilo wrote. Once again, Camilo wrote that song, and it's, it's so silly they had to put it down backwards. And ah. about it. <laughs> I'm gonna reverse it and play it forwards up underneath the bed here, so we can figure out what he's what he's doing. Right, right. Well, there is people have figured. I saw of people course, figured yeah. out what he's no, saying because they always they love doing yeah, that. Not, but, uh, well, yeah, and 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 because this this is one of the few record or this is one of the few records that I own in all formats. Oh. Uh, along with uh, the Plague Mass by Diamanda Glass and oh, yeah. uh, and and <laughs> Hello Dummy by uh, Don Rickles. Oh. <laughs> it backwards. Now why didn't Don <laughs> Rickles ever backwards do backwards and actually hear the song? Yeah. Why didn't Don Rickles ever record with Diamanda Galas? Wouldn't that have been a just an amazing Don Rickles insulting people over her sort of satanic shrieking? That would be amazing. Oh, it's yeah, total yeah. silence. You, you, you <laughs> Apparently, everyone doesn't you think it will be you, 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 you could get Lee Perry to produce it. It would oh, be great. yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Get That's jaw, actually kind of genius. Get some jaw wobble action in there. Okay, so we got another uh, awesome guitar intro in this next song. Uh, I don't. Let's listen to a little bit of I Don't Know. Yeah. kind of uh, a prescient for uh, today really talking yeah, about right. uh, listen now to what i say about the kids of the day subscribe to them all your fears till they become like you <laughs> yeah. um so so jeff i know so i guess you guys were uh, stiff little fingers fans right yeah yeah we were yeah and uh yeah and, and that shows up and i know um they have a song called uh suspect uh, 
device, uh, which is kind of like the theme is similar to this, and it, it reminds me of, of that song. Uh, I, I never thought of that that way. We, we, did, we, did, we, did, we did, we did, know Jake Burns now. We do, we did the substance device and put it on an album later on in life. Right. Yeah. But um, I, I didn't think of it that. I wrote the, all the words that I don't know, and John Hager wrote all the music. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah, and the, I, the, the first line of the song is supposed to be taken after uh, Patti Smith covered that song. Listen out to what I say. Oh, listen out to what I say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'd say. And I thought, you know, she's not, we need to update that, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um, but there's, a, yeah, there's actually some really great lyrics in there. You say, uh, teach them all your uh, fallacies, contain them in reality, subscribe to them all your fears till they become like you. That, that's, that's great. I mean, obviously, that's what we were saying. That's not your, uh, not your grandma's hardcore band uh, no. singing about stuff like no, that. No, not yeah. at all. And I, yeah. well, another yeah. thing I like about this record is that Rob has got this um, little desktop speaker that he plays the music through here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, even, don't worry. When we actually do the episode, I, I'm going to have proper uh, yeah, versions. I'll, of I'll put the the actual um, audio up underneath, but right. it sounds great. Yeah, what kind of what kind of rinky dink bullshit you guys running here? Well, very. This is, it, yeah. It's our rinky dink bullshit. It's yes. It's um. <laughs> uh, I will not. I will not in any way um, dispel the notion that it's rinky dick bullshit, though. And um, it sounds great coming out of this little speaker. So I'm like, yeah, you know, there was a time when you would mix things to come out of, um, to to be mixed to come out of an AM radio and sound great, right? Yeah. And there's something to be said for that because fidelity, you know, audiophile stuff, most of the time doesn't. It's not that's not how people are hearing music, right? Yeah. So um, exactly, this is how we're hearing it on, on, on our crappy exactly. like, computer speakers. <laughs> yeah. It's all off phones anyway. It's all off telephones. It's, it's true. Exactly. But, uh, exactly right. But a great, but an awesome song, you know, played great is is going to come through. It's always going to. So, so I got to. So I got to. I got to ask you a question about the lyrics because this is one of the things that like I love about Naked Raygun is 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 there's very just as much now as I could when I was a 15 year old. Yeah. Right. And this is definitely one of the bands that I can still appreciate like as, as, as an adult, you know, and now that I get like the references, uh, you know, like I, I wouldn't have listened to wire as a 14 or a 15 year old kid, but you know, now I know who they are and now I can appreciate like, you know, I think, you know, right. you can hear wire in some of these songs, Yeah, you know, uh, you yeah, know, the pink flag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I didn't, I didn't even like get to hear that record until way later. In fact, I think it may have even been like um, I was reading a uh, like uh, the, the review in Trouser Press, and they mentioned Wire. But when I was reading about Rob Pop, and they mentioned Wire, and that's what got me to listen to Wire in the first place. Oh, okay, nice, nice. It's hard for but, um, it's hard for any post punk ensemble to avoid the overarching sort of influence of of Wire. Um, yeah, you know, they just the templates they laid down in those first three records just it was like okay there's a there's a phrase the old guys stole all of our best ideas and um <laughs> it kind of holds yeah. true um there's those records still hold up we did you know we did pink flag um way back a long time ago now episode wise but um such a chair, good record yeah is, well chairs missing and 154 are also there's great stuff on those albums that um true uh, it would be we're going to be covering them at some yeah. point. But anyway, I wanted to ask you. So Jeff, I wanted to ask you like when I when I read when I listen to the lyrics of of I don't know, 
Um, did, were you familiar with Ernest Becker and like terror management theory? Uh, you know, like the denial of death and all like uh, the. No. Fuck you. Jeff's like, awesome. what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> Strike three. <laughs> awesome. So, All right. Well, like, uh, like Frank, Ernest it's Becker. been great having you on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. Sorry, I'm cu- but the problem is now I'm curious about Becker and K. Right. And, uh, well, look at that. Uh, do your homework after. Right. Afterwards. So, so, Be- so Becker basically like was a follow up to, uh, to Freud, where Freud said, said we we're all motivated by sex. Yeah. Becker says no. It was all fear of death. It wasn't about wanting to fuck your mom. It was about not wanting to be killed. Yeah, well, so, those are both so legitimate. I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, every As we day, get older, yeah. too. I mean, we live yeah, there. I mean, that, that sums up terror, terror management. Like, subscribe to them all your fears so they become so. like you. That's terror management theory, basically. Right. And uh, <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty sophisticated kind of concept. Uh, it is you know, way, uh, too, way too sophisticated for this show. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, you're talking to a guy who's putting a headphone at after up his nose so <laughs> <laughs> all right so now the next song we have we have the rare song written by a by a drummer that's actually good that i actually like it but rob is very <laughs> disparaging of drummers well, usually we dr- usually you don't want to let the drummers write the song limited intellectual but capacities libido is a song uh that i remember just an- another one that sort of comes at you from a different uh a, and it's got a different vibe to it let's listen to a little bit of libido So, so Jeff, did did did, did uh, the drummer did uh, Kaleo did did he write the lyrics too in this one? He wrote everything, every okay. three part, yeah. And you had no problem. You were okay with with singing uh, because I like the the way you sing it. It sounds like you're you're all in on. It. I mean, obviously, the song's got some absurdist uh, lyrics to it. It's got a line about uh, got all hepped up on too much speed and I danced till my uh, prostate fell out. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, which is a, a a really good line, I think. I, I like that. But um, yeah, Jim Kaleo is. Uh, I used to say he's he's got more rhythm than he needs. Do things. <laughs> yeah, it's got a well, swing and swing yeah, and beat and a little walking bass in there. It's more good, rhythm yeah. than he needs. And, you um, know, you can just push the prostate right back up in there. It'll just go back into place if it falls. Can out. you? So, okay. Yeah. Well, Barry um, does speak from experience. I know. Kids, do not try this at home. <laughs> I didn't. Even, I didn't know what a prostate was then. You did right, right? Sure, yeah. Because yeah. how? Why would we yeah. know a kid in your twenties? Why I, would you know? I, we could speculate about how the drummer. Knows. Now, now I'm all about the prostate. I know yeah. now. Right. Yeah. When you're in your fifties, that's like a, a like major part of your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that right. is that's literally where the G spot lives on, dudes. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Which leads me to believe the drummer may have had some additional um, 
you know, information uh-huh. uh, about mm-hmm. such things. He's more advanced sexually than I was, I guess. Exactly, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like the theme, because we said the record... Hypoactive sexuality disorder, no joke. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the record starts out with like this military theme, but now it moves into a like kind of a sexual theme, or in the case of the next song, a non-sexual theme. Yeah, uh, let's just do a little bit of no sex. So, yeah, so, so, uh, and, and this is the total compliment, right? Um, uh, you listen to that guitar riff and, and I, I, I think of, uh, the, the same guitar riff that the effigies had in the song below the drop, um, yeah, that Earl had. Similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's not stolen because it's, it's a different riff, but like tonally, it just sounds really similar. And both of those are just great songs. So I'm just wondering, like, like how much of an influence was it like playing with other bands, you know, like, uh, uh, like the effigies and strike under and all those, you know, early, uh, those, those great Chicago bands, like were you guys kind of feeding off each other? I don't think we did. I think each band had their own separate sound. Strike Under was an awesome band. I love them. Mm-hmm. But uh, Effigies, they came, they came with a complete package of sound, you know. I don't think they sounded like us at all, but... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, like... I don't think we... Cut. They, didn't, they didn't have your same sound, but, like, that guitar uh, passage is just really, really great. It's just really brutal, and it, and it just reminded me a lot of the same one that they, they had in Below the Drop, which is just, just grabs you by the nuts and twists. Yeah, it's good. It's a good song, Blow the Drop. Well, yeah, we went through, uh, actually, we've been through, there's a uh, um, there's a song by The Damned and a song by Killing Joke and a song by Nirvana and a song by this other obscure band that all are... They have that riff. That yeah, same, that same riff. riff. And you right. go, it must have been floating around in the well, the Nirvana, obviously, they, they just ripped it off of. I love Killing Joke. Yeah, oh, well, yes, they do, yeah. and they actually come up a lot on the show because you hear bands and you realize, oh wow, oh yeah, they a... were definitely they yeah. laid down a heavy, um, you know, they were on, like wire. It was like people heard them, and you and bands that were bigger than them definitely um, were influenced by uh, their sound and didn't give didn't give full credit. And they're and yeah, definitely a no compromising band and. Uh, the delivery, and I was just gonna say, Jeff, in this song, I love, I, I, I love the thing I love about your delivery. There's sort of you got like a desperation, but like an ironic desperation uh, in in the delivery of the song when you sing this. So that's what I like. I like the fact that you could tell your tongue's always in your cheek a little bit when you're when you're singing these songs. Is you that know, or at true? least yeah. to me, it seems like it. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, which is great. I love that. I love that where you sort of, yeah, you know, this is great. I'm in this band. I'm singing these songs. But I know, you know, we're, you're also self-aware enough to know that it's like what you, you don't s- buy. You don't buy the entire package, which we have had the discussion about groups that um, people who are 
you know that they they go hook line and sinker and they believe their own uh they believe their own hype right right or like or like yeah. like Frank like you were saying before like the bands that just went totally metal like you know there was another I always uh, Jeff I think before you got on I was saying I always thought of you guys as like an American Damned but uh, TSOL for a while I thought the same thing but then TSOL had this yeah, sure. had this period where yeah. they went metal hair metal yeah, and it was, it was yeah, terrible sure. <laughs> yeah they did they were awful for a while it there. was awful <laughs> right and then yeah they yep. came back eventually but yeah so you were definitely right about that but the, uh, good on channel, uh, channel three drop channel channel channel, channel, channel three is the same problem. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Channel yeah. three, and they were a great band, man. They were so good at yeah. it. But all right, so a good yeah. on Naked Raygun for uh, for not uh, for not falling Sticking to that. To your Someone Ray didn't gun. say, hey, you know, Jeff, if you like grew your hair out and teased <laughs> it up, maybe. Yeah. What kind of well, amp is that? You guys should yeah, have but, Marshalls. We kind of. Yeah, like the way the Buzzcocks had their career. Are there any crappy songs? We didn't want any crappy songs on record. That's, that's true. Right. Buzzcocks and, 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 yeah. And you can you came from a metal band before you joined Naked Reagan, right? Were you in like a like a like a Condor. metal band? Condor. 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 Awesome. <laughs> that's a great. You had to be yeah, in high school. You had to be in high school for that band, right? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah you could have you could have opened for I saw Dokken and Crocus in 1985. <laughs> oh yeah, Condor could in, nice. in, in yeah. Keokuk, Iowa. So, um Yep. So, so you, you could always, so you can tell when, when you hear when you hear the delivery, Jeff. You can say, "There's a kid who's knows knows where he's at, and is one day going to find his prostate." <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. I like that. Good I'll point. accept that, Frank. All right, so let's get the next song here. We got uh, we got some saxophone. You guys brought it into the record. I'm gonna and I'm gonna say before this song starts, I'm gonna say that X-ray specs must have been the the uh, the a guiding factor in this song. Am I right? Who? X-ray specs? X-ray specs. Uh, yeah, is, is it only in the USA? Uh, only, only in America. Yeah, only in America. Jim Jim Cleo wrote this one too. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what he had in mind, but uh, <laughs> well, well, this, uh, this is a little too obvious. This sounds a little too obvious for me, you know. Ah, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna listen to it. We're gonna listen to it anyway, Jeff. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kind of see what Jeff's saying. It, it's still, I think it's an awesome musically song. But oh no, it's, maybe it is a little too obvious. <laughs> it's, I, you know what? I think it's cool, and I, maybe uh, the, the, it's just the way the saxophone sounds, and I just think, oh, you know. Well, uh, 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 there wasn't too much saxophone in no, there like this back then. No, so it was there definitely was not. a rarity. Yeah. 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 So, well, good, good on you guys Jen, for bringing it in. Jen, Jen, we, lo- we lost. Say that. that again, Jeff. John Haggerty, John Haggerty, yeah, he played the yeah. he played the sax on that. Yeah, well, look at him, pretty yeah. talented. Yeah, yeah, I, I, so I, I had read that when John originally joined the band, he was supposed to be a saxophone player, like he brought it because I remember he, he oh. played in the basement <laughs> screams. He played on That's the true. basement screams record, but like he originally, like he wasn't supposed to play guitar; he was supposed to play saxophone. Right, and then Santiago was going to leave, so we had two guitar players for a while. Oh, okay. 
You know who else was a guitar player and a saxophone player as well? John McGeeock. Oh, was he a saxophone? Oh. Okay. Yep. Yes, indeed. Uh, amazing guitar player. All right, so I will say this next song, and I have no problem telling you this is my least favorite song on the record because you did not write this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Stupid, and it's more of like a straight-up hardcore song, I would say. I feel like you guys could have maybe sold this song to, like, Fear or something, but maybe... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we should have. <laughs> yeah, right? All right, let's, let's do a little... Song. Another great saxophone band. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is more like a lot of the stuff that was going on then, but but some True, bands yeah. were like every song would sound like this. Yeah. So yeah, it would be a bit much. But I guess throwing this in towards the end of the record, it's all right. Throw, <laughs> Rob has issued his pronouncement. <laughs> Rob's Rob's giving you a pass. <laughs> I think it's I think it's yeah. fine. I think it's a good song. It's fine. Uh, and actually, so we get to the last song on the record, which actually I I think this is a really great album closer, and I really like this song. Um, Managua, uh, some drumming, yeah, and we were talking about the uh, the drummer um, Jim uh, Kaleo. Is that how you pronounce? I'm so bad pronouncing. Kaleo, yeah. Kaleo. He was, yeah, great drummer, amazing drummer. And there's some great, uh, there's some great drums on this. And I feel like this is your guys. This reminds me a little of like the Clash. Sandinista, you know, where they were thinking about um, because this is. Managua, I guess, was a, is a was is the largest city in Nicaragua, right. and apparently they were going right. through some kind of civil war in the eighties. Yes, so I'm assuming that's what he was uh, referencing yes. for this song. Uh, but it's still a pretty awesome song. Let's just do a little bit of it. always skirted with like political themes and stuff but you never got real heavy into it right i mean yeah we just point we just mostly point things out like we're still in we're still in south america of course pretty heavily right right it's just, it's, it's just venice it's just, it's just venezuela instead of somebody else you know right that's right yep something yeah, I, want- and I and i would argue, i would argue i mean like uh, subtle, subtle references Frank. And, you know, the, like the stuff that, you know, you put in only in America, like I, I still like the eat your own weight and salt is still one of my favorite. <laughs> when people ask me how things are in the United States. I can always tell them, oh, yeah, I can eat my own weight and salt. But like, <laughs> I, 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 I prefer this, like, it, I feel like it's so much more effective than like, 
a Jello Biafra song where he's bashing you over the head. Same idea, like forty or fifty. Well, times. that's his. That's his <laughs> thing, though. That's. I mean, he has his own thing. That's. That's. That's Jello's thing. Definitely, is bashing you over the head is part of his charm. <laughs> but, is that yeah. charm? I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? But I appreciate both. Uh, both things. When it work. Know. When it works, it's charm. It is. It when is. it doesn't yeah. work, you know, whatever. Now, yes. d- now, Jeff- it, it, clearly, Rob has never sat next to Jello Biafra on a car ride. Oh, I've. I've. My wife. Be my wife drove him around for an entire afternoon in Tallahassee. And he was so obnoxious that he apologized at the end of the afternoon. <laughs> well, that was nice of him. Um, Jeff, I, I wanted to ask you with uh, we I, uh, the song. It's not on this record, but the the great uh, Naked Raycon song "Treason." I feel like it would be a good like theme song for the what's going on now, <laughs> the impeachment process and everything. Maybe. Maybe think of maybe, the yeah. maybe maybe you guys should. We released that, maybe. I don't know. Treason, I feel like it's very I don't tiny. think Trump's going to be playing that at his rallies. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't think you live. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. 40, 40. What, Frank? No, I was, I was just going to say, and speak, speaking of, uh, of the last song, uh, today, 40, 43rd anniversary of the death of Carlos Fonseca, the founder of the Sanadista Liberation Front. Oh, wow. okay. Wow. Look at you bringing the these SSLN. little tidbits of knowledge. <laughs> see, how, see how everything just comes to a close, a full circle? It does. It does. Full circles around the circle of life. So, Jeff, so you guys have the record. Does the album have a name? Do you have a name for the record, uh, the new Naked Reagan? record yet it's tentatively called farewell to arms and it has a picture of venus de milo on the cover oh, oh nice yeah. uh, right. so when are we looking when's the possible release of this march for sure oh okay awesome well, and does it have a total do you go full circle and do a cover of television's venus de milo on the album that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's probably a, a, that's going to be a no, no Bob. <laughs> yes on that one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Uh, I'm so glad to hear you're still doing it and still making music, Jeff. And and uh, it's on uh, t- the name of the record label again is Frontier. Frontier. All right. Frontier. Um, yeah. Thanks so much Frontier for records. taking the time and calling. How do you know? Like, how do you and Frank? How do you guys know each other? Or do you do yeah. you even know each other? I'm uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a dynamic figure often seen scaling walls and crushing ice with my bare hands and just have this natural magnetism. No, I just, I just, I just, I just hit him up. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. Well, All that's right. uh, that was really, uh, that was awesome of you to call in Jeff and Frank, you, you, you were, you were, you were pretty good too. You were good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jeff. No, thank you, you know, very much. Now here, here's the, here's the thing, Rob, because I'm a patron of this show. You are. Oh, yes, you are. I see. I have I have no obligation to be entertaining or funny. No, or, you don't. Because you, know, you, you guys work for me. You're absolutely right. right. You could yes, uh, that's true. You, you say could, go scrub the toilet. Yeah, I got no. You uh, could have said a soul asylum. You said I want to do a, a soul asylum record, like a different soul asylum <laughs> hold, record. And we would have, hold on a minute. We would hold have to on, say on. yes. I said we're going to send your fucking money back. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> All right, so next week, what are we? Oh, we're doing. Uh, Guess what? Yeah, our 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 that our record got me. I super guest <laughs> Steve, Steve Mitchner. He's coming back because Steve's a great guy and he's fully engaged with the show, and he's going to do um, sixteen Lovers Lane by a band called the Go Betweens, and um, they yeah. are somewhat obscure, but Steve's charm will. Will yeah. take us over the finish Steve's line. Steve's somewhat ob- obscure too, as well. But, <laughs> uh, 
No, do you know? Actually, you know, uh, Jeff, uh, you may have come across Steve. He played in a big the band Big Dipper, but he, he played in the Volcano Sons for a while. A uh, bass player. Apparently, uh, Boston. He was very familiar. Yeah, he was the only bass player, apparently, in uh, yeah, he played, Boston yeah. in the 80s because every band he played in, like, every He was band in the original while. Volcano Sons before. Um, uh, yes. Before they put the record and out, and a dump truck, and he was in dump truck, but Big Dipper was his the, the big and band. Allegedly, he's the. I remember. Uh, I remember all those bands. Yeah, right. I remember yeah, all those yeah. bands. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was. I will say, like I said, when we played uh, TT the Bears, when my band uh, we played with you, uh, you guys, the Evan Dando Lemonheads, kind of a dick. Yeah. Kind of a dick, but <laughs> you, dick, yeah. uh, but you guys were all awesome and cool. Even though you were the headlining band, and everything, but you guys, we were hanging out, and you were just—it was great talking to you. So even you know, it was—it's it, nice, you know, playing with bands, and then some people can be dicks, and some people can be cool. So you, you were definitely cool back in the day, and I'm sure Thank you're, you. you're still cool. Yes. Thanks. So thanks again. He'll, he'll sleep well tonight. Yes. Yeah, sure. And, yeah. And right. Frank and, and Frank, as I remember, you were you were kind of a dick too back in the day, actually. But we we all were. That was back here, yeah. like in the nineties in South Florida. We were all dicks. No, nothing has changed. And and just to just to put the cherry on top of that thing, I just want to point out that you know what? When Brandon on the show was on the show, he didn't bring Ozzy. And when Mr. Entertainment was on the show, he didn't bring, didn't bring Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. That's true. And That's you brought true. Jeff Pizzetta. So you, you win. Jeff you win, Frank. Yeah. Um, Once again, I, Jeff, I, I do want to. I, I want to thank you for calling in. That was really fantastic. It was really great having you on. Yes, and uh, it was. And awesome. Frank, it was okay having you on too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have you again. Um, <laughs> once again, Frank is a patron. You could become a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh. We'd love for you to become a patron. All right. So uh, thanks again, uh, Jeff. Thanks again, Frank. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. We will see you guys next week. We are out.